Happy Monday and welcome to On the Brighter Side. Today we are talking all things period. So be forewarned, if you have a vagina, this episode is for you. And if you love someone with a vagina, this episode is also for you. Without further ado, this is my interview with April Davis of The Vagina Blog. Welcome to On the Brighter Side. I'm your host, Monica Tanner, and I'm really excited about our guest today. She is a friend of mine that I met who is so much fun to talk to and listen to. She is a compelling speaker, creative consultant, visual artist, and wordsmith. Her name is April Davis, and she's been featured in magazines, on podcasts, on stages, sharing her wisdom, humor, and knowledge as the creator of the Vagina Blog and the Vagina Blog Podcast. Her passion and drive have created an entire community around female body health as she empowers women and vagina owners to love themselves fully while focusing on bringing light to taboo topics that we just don't talk about enough, like sex and periods, along with self-love and positivity. If you know me, you know why I love her. Please help me welcome April Davis to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, I feel like this has been a long time coming, but I'm so excited we finally have you. Let's start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. So I'm April Davis. I have three kids. I have two daughters and a son. They are almost 11, 8, and 3. And I work from home. I'm happily married. I've been married for 15 years. Yeah. And I obviously care a lot about vaginas. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love that you're obsessed with all things vagina in the best way possible. I mean, I would love love to hear every superhero. I kind of feel like you are a vagina with a cape. You're just like the vagina superhero. I'd love to hear your origin story and how you got started on this path. And then I want to know what your favorite thing about what you do today. It's a long origin (laughs) story. (laughs) I got started in emergency medicine. So I was training to become an EMT, learned about childbirth, and I also just had a very natural curiosity towards the human body and sexuality in general. I grew up in a very conservative household with very little information. So I think it was just always just a fascination. When I was pregnant with my second child, I kind of wanted things to go a little bit different than they'd gone with my first. I, I'm really lucky. I've had three really great birth experiences, but I wanted my second to go differently. So I was reading everything I could get my hands on. I read every single book I could about pregnancy, about childbirth. I was reading midwifery textbooks and obstetric textbooks and everything. Had a really incredible delivery. And after that decided, you know, I really want to become a doula. Like this is, this is my calling. I feel called to this. And so I was looking, I kind of put that out into the universe and out of the blue, a woman in my neighborhood was like, oh, we're looking for doulas. I was like, really? She's like, yeah, I work for a nurse midwife. And I was like, oh, not realizing what I was getting myself into. I then became a birth assistant to a nurse midwife, which is a little different because I was serving in like a medical capacity as her second set of hands, basically doing home deliveries, which I was like, oh, wow, like this is so new and different. And I did that, trained with her, started working with her and being on call with her. I then started taking on my own clients as a doula. And I also at the same time was doing a lot of birth photography. And so 
I kind of was very immersed in this world of childbirth and women's health and female bodies and all of it. Learned so much. It was great working for a nurse midwife. She was actually our nurse practitioner at our Planned Parenthood at the time as well. And so she was doing a lot of gynecological care. I was able to learn more about that. And I just, I learned so much. And after I had my third child, it kind of hit a breaking point in my life where being on call all the time like that just wasn't as much of a possibility. And so I had to kind of step back and I was like, what in the world do I do with all this information? Like what, (laughs) I know all this stuff. I feel very protective and called to, you know, take care of and teach about all this. So how do I do that? And that's kind of how the vagina blog was born. I love it. Well, I was first introduced to you when you were up on stage talking about periods and you are literally my very favorite period educator on the planet. (laughs) Good. (laughs) And so I figured we could start by talking about periods and how we can plan for and around them. It's a very huge part of being a woman is having a period. It happens every single month. And Mm -hmm. there's definitely lots of changes that go on in your body and in your mood and everything about you. And so you talk about this. Well, I've never heard anyone else talk about this actually, but how you can like build a beautiful life around having a period. Yes. So Something that's hard for our generation, especially, we were really taught to ignore, suppress, get rid of, don't deal with, stuff a tampon in there and ignore it, right? Like you can still work out on your period. You can still do this. Really, really taught to live a very masculine lifestyle. We live in a very masculine society. It's very patriarchal. So it's hard because that isn't us. (laughs) (laughs) And once we start to, the thing that I've seen with so many people, once you start to step into this and realize that we're different creatures and we're on a different schedule and a different path, you will immediately find a lot of peace in your life when you start to accommodate who we really are. And my favorite analogy for this is if you go outside and you look up in the sky and you look at the sun, the sun rises in the east, it sets in the west, It's the exact same every single day. You can count on it. It's the same big yellow ball. And masculine energy, males, they complete their hormone cycle in 24 hours, just like the sun. If you go outside at night and you look up at the sky, you're looking for the moon. Where is she? What size is she? What shape is she? Is she even there or is she resting? We are the moon. Female bodies are the moon. We complete our hormone cycle over the course of 28 to 32 days. And so we're a completely different critter, but we're being, we're, the expectation is for us to be the sun and to live in a way that works really well for the sun, but we're not the sun, we're the moon. It is just as ridiculous to expect people with vaginas to be able to to live and act and, you know, participate in life the exact same way that their masculine counterparts do. And so something that I've really tried to educate people about is when you start to cater to your cyclical nature, you will really find that you have a lot of amazing strengths throughout your cycle and that there is value in resting and respecting your menstrual cycle. I literally just got chills 
all over my body when you were talking about the sun and moon analogy, because I mean, it could not be any clearer than that. Like that Mm -hmm. is amazing. So let's just get right down to brass tacks. You talk about how to work around your period as a woman. So let's talk about that. How can we personally construct a life around the cycle of our period that makes more sense? So this is my second favorite analogy that I also love to use. We have four seasons, right? In our lives, like out out in nature and we within ourselves have four seasons. So winter is the easiest place to start because that's our, that's our menstruation. That's when we're menstruating. That's when we're bleeding. Typically while we're menstruating, we feel very intuitive. We feel the strong need to hibernate. We tend to be attracted to warmer, very nutrient dense foods. It really is our winter. We don't necessarily want to be around a ton of people. We kind of want to be within, right? We want to be warm and safe and in our beds. (laughs) When we transition out of winter though, we transition into spring and we almost always see this internal energy surge. This is a great time to be taking on big projects. So if you are planning on cleaning out your garage, spring, your internal spring, great time to be organizing and cleaning out your garage. It's a great time to tackle a huge work project. If you've been thinking through how you want to try and take on something at work, spring is when you want to jump into action. You want to utilize that energy, you know, that you have all of a sudden. Same with our summer when we're ovulating. Ovulation is summertime. That's when we are easy, breezy, beautiful. We're excited and happy to be on camera. We love being around people. We love being social. Those things are easier. It's not that you can't go be social when you're on your period. It's just sometimes a lot harder to do. When you're ovulating, it's a lot easier to be social. You want to be out there. You want to be around people. And then obviously we go from the ovulation into our luteal phase and that is fall. That's our preparation for winter. That's when we have this huge hormone crash and that hormone crash is what causes that existential crisis we all go through (laughs) the week before our period where we question every life decision that we've ever made. We hate our partner. We hate our children. We hate ourselves. We love ourselves. We cry. (laughs) It's a whole thing. And it's because we're crashing down off those hormones. And so if you know in your mind that you're like, I know the week before my period, this is the the headspace that I'm typically in. Maybe I'm not going to plan any big social engagements or vacations or, you know, any of the other type of stuff, when you start to cater to this, you will start to notice you settling into like this natural rhythm. Because once again, we are these cyclical monthly critters. We're not on a 24 hour cycle. We're on a 28 day cycle. It's a little different. I love that so much. So I feel like you just described it in a nutshell really, really well, how we can look at a calendar and map out the different seasons Mm -hmm. and what we want to tackle in the different seasons. I mean, that's so good. If you're going to clean out your closet too, winter's probably a good time to do that because you're at home and you're kind of Mm -hmm. hibernating. I love it. And then wear all your new clothes in the summer. I love it. So let's talk about how that pertains to us as sexual beings a little bit. Like how does our period and our cycle relate to how we feel about our partner and being intimate and all of that? You know, I spent my young adulthood thinking like, I am not going to be slowed down by my period. And that includes sexually. And, you know, I keep reading that having sex on your period is so great for cramps. So I'm totally going to do that because I am empowered and I'm not going to slow down for anything. And I remember being very like adamant about these things. And now in my ripe old age... (laughs) 
I'm tired state. I'm like, oh, I don't want to have sex on my period. That doesn't sound fun. I don't want to do that. Then. <laughs> I'm just so much more comfortable catering to my actual inner needs and feelings instead of, you know, this desperate desire to prove that I am so tough. <laughs> which is so masculine when you look at it. And so what I always encourage everyone is to just go within and go with what feels best. If you truly are like, I don't like having sex on my period. I just really don't. Then don't do it, you know? And if you absolutely love it, you know, during this time or that time or that time, like maybe you're planning an anniversary trip, right? Maybe plan it around your cycle a little bit. Go during your internal spring, during that follicular phase right after your period so that you're feeling up for it. You're feeling adventurous. You're feeling high energy. You want to do all the fun sex things you don't normally do. I love it. So let's talk about like body image as well. Because when I think of my period, I think of bloating, I think Mm -hmm. of cramps, I think of like, just don't talk to me. Yes, I can't even think straight. Mm -hmm. How do you schedule around that? And how do you deal with that? How do you make that a little bit better? I guess? Or do you not? Do you just give into it? No, I dive into it. I let myself go through it. I give myself permission to be like, I'm wearing sweats today. So Monica and I went to a conference the first day at all. Monday, I started my period and I got up in the morning and I went to, cause everyone gets kind of dressed up. We all be a little fancy and we have a lot of fun with what we wear while we're there. So I brought all these fun outfits and I was like, I can't do it. I'm just, I'm tired. I don't feel like it. I'm so bloated. So I wore sweats for the first half of the day. Cause I was like, I just don't, I'm not up for it right now. I put on my favorite tees, put on my favorite sweats and headed out to my conference. So here's one thing that I love about you. And I just like, it just draws people to you. It's this confidence to just be who you are in whatever situation you're in. And I just want to ask you, like, where do you think that came from? How do you think you build up that confidence to just be you in any circumstance? No, I think that's a great question. I was an ugly duckling, so I had to develop a personality. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've had people ask me that question a lot. And to be honest, I still can't fully tell you where this stems from. My poor parents. <laughs> uh, they did something right, for sure. I mean, I don't know. Okay, well, let's get back to periods then. So for those of us who have really regular periods and it's easy to plan, around this cyclical nature. I think you've given us some really great things to think about, but what if your period is not regular? How can we make this more doable? I think it's definitely important to address why if your period is not regular, that's not good. And so then we'd start, we'd want to do medical rule out. We want to go see what's causing your, your irregular periods. I love the book, The Period Repair Manual by Laura Bryden. I recommend following her and her work and getting your hands on that book. If you are suffering from painful periods, if you feel like your PMS is out of control, if you're suffering from acne with your periods or migraines with your periods or so many other things that come with it, all of those things, we've tried to normalize them and they're not normal. Periods should maybe be like, "Mm, this is not fun but they shouldn't completely knock you over. If they do, you might want to start looking at a supplement program or figuring out what it is that you can do to kind of help. And unfortunately, the medical answer to almost every single women's health concern is just get on birth control. The reality is birth control does not fix the problem. 
All it does is push a pause button. You will deal with these issues eventually. And so it's not the answer. There are so many amazing things you can do, though, to make your periods easier and more regular outside of of using contraceptive drugs. Mm, This has been so helpful. Okay, so what about after giving birth? I know for me, there's like a period of adjustment that's like a year to you know, 18 months where things aren't regular, things are are just weird and it's knocked my cycle off. How do we deal with kind of that period of time? I have people ask about this all the time. Like, okay, so I'm breastfeeding. What's going on? And I'm like, yeah, you're breastfeeding. You're in breastfeeding season. I don't... (laughs) (laughs) that's what's hard i exclusively breastfeed obsessively and i still start my period at eight weeks postpartum every single time doesn't matter drives me crazy and it's so mean comes right back as clockwork so mean And so I've never gotten to experience this beautiful suspended reality of not menstruating. I usually will finish my postpartum bleeding, have like a second, and then I go right back into menstruating. Yeah, that's good. So think, kind of, thank heavens I wasn't a pioneer. I would have been spitting kids out like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any tips or tricks about how we can improve our period health and hygiene? Like just, just kind of things that we should, like foods we can eat or something? <laughs> Definitely. So if you go sign up for my email newsletter, you actually get my alt presentation handout, which has like a list of foods, supplements, there's seed cycling, which is really cool. So there's different seeds that you eat at different phases of your cycle that help support your health. Beyond that, I cannot recommend things like period panties, menstrual cups, and menstrual discs enough. There are so many fantastic alternative ways to help manage your period. Tampons are the worst. They're so bad for you. (laughs) They cause way worse cramping and all sorts of other issues. There's no reason to use them anymore, guys. Let's just all be done with tampons. Being able to just put on a pair of undies, period undies, and then go about my day has been the greatest thing that I've done for myself. And if I don't use period underwear, I usually use a disc or a cup and same thing, reusable. So it's way better for the environment, way less instances of cramping, especially with discs because they sit higher up in the fornix. There are ways to improve your period. We get caught up in what we know. And if all you know is taking a handful of pills and then shoving a tampon in there, there's a better way. I promise. I love it. I love it. So I know you have this really cool diagram in your stuff too. So maybe we can link to, you know, we'll that's also that. a freebie. If you go, it's, you get both freebies. There's, I have the, the flow chart, which is like, helps you kind of establish what alternative ways you would want to manage your period. If you're like, okay, I do, I like something internal. Here's the internal options. I like something external. Here's the external options. I love that. Okay. We're going to make sure we link to this so that people yes. know how to get a hold of your resources because they're amazing. Let's flip the script a little bit and start talking about, I know for me, it's very relevant. And I'm sure I have listeners that have like teenage daughters that it's time to start talking to them about their period in a way that's not really scary or disgusting. And so how do you recommend we start talking to our children, both male and female children, actually, who need to be aware of this actual thing that happens to women's bodies? I love that you talked about talking to both male and female. All kids should know about all the things. My daughter, who is almost 11, we were at the table. And of course, both my daughters are aware that I'm the vagina blog and they make fun (laughs) of me because I get mail and it's, they're always mom, is this more stuff to put in your vagina? That's weird, mom. (laughs) Why do people keep sending you all this stuff? 
<laughs> and it's funny because my oldest is getting to the point where she's like, I don't want to put those things in my vagina. That's a, that's scary. And I was like, oh, it's not scary. And we were sitting at dinner and she was like, I don't want to be, I just don't want to be a girl. I don't want to get boobs. I don't want to get my period. I don't want to do it. I, it's boys have it so much easier. We kind of looked at her and unfortunately, I feel like growing up for me, my mom would have said, yep. But we told her, you know what? Did you know boys get erections out of the blue? And she's like, well, what's an erection? Well, this is what an erection is. It's when this happens. And they could be up at the chalkboard and get an erection. They could be sitting in the middle of class and get an erection. They could be giving you a hug and get an erection. And when they go to sleep at night, sometimes they ejaculate while they're sleeping and it gets all over their bed sheets. And she was like, oh, and I was like, yeah, so boys, they have a lot to deal with too. It's not easy for anybody. No one gets out of this easy. And what's frustrating with puberty for a lot of kids is it is boys are so excited to get hair on their balls and hair in their armpits and oh bring on the hair bring on the muscles bring on the I feel like acne can be somewhat traumatizing but still not as traumatizing for them right a lot of puberty for them is exciting I'm getting a way bigger wiener I get to have sorry I should say penis we should be correct here huh All these great things are happening to me. I'm becoming a man. Now, if you swap over to what girls go through, are you kidding me? Now I have to shave everything. Suddenly blood's going to start pouring out of me. This and this and this might happen. All of this is so embarrassing. No one wants to talk to me about it. It's changing my relationships with people because now they're looking at me differently because I have boobs. So when I'm approaching talking to this with kids, I'm like, how can we make these things empowering for our daughters? How can we teach our sons to also, you know, be empowered? I love one of my friends was teaching her young son he noticed that she was menstruating and she was like oh yeah that's mama's magic blood and he was like oh what is that doing she's like well it makes it so I can have babies and that's kind of magic and he's like yeah that is magic like that's you make humans like that's huge and so even teaching sons using this empowering language, teaching your daughters using this empowering language. I think that's huge. I did a podcast interview too with this. He's so darling. He's a sex therapist. And his mom, when he was kind of going through maturation said, look, girls are going to be starting to menstruate. They don't always know when they're menstruating. If you ever notice a stain on the back of a girl's pants, don't ever go up and embarrass her. Go get a teacher, tell the teacher, I make sure the teacher knows who it is and can help. And he's like, not even like a week later, this exact scenario happened to me. And he's like, I felt like such a hero because I was able to go tell the teacher. The teacher went and told the girl. She was able to go get a sweatshirt, tied around her waist. And so I love the idea of empowering your sons to be helpful in those scenarios and also empowering your daughters to be also helpful and forgiving of boys as they are going through some of this awkward stuff. Yeah, I love that so much. Seriously, April, I could not love you more. Like, I wish I had you in my pocket all the time. (laughs) to talk about all the things vaginas because I talk about vaginas too but you're just you just have this incredible way with words and analogies that just make it so doable I love it so much I'm just going to ask you my signature question. If you had the undivided attention of all the women in the entire world for just a few minutes, what is the most important thing you could teach them about women's sexual health, periods, vaginas, and all the things that you love? That's so hard because there's so many things. (laughs) That was a lot of things, actually. (laughs) There is. Periods are the worst. Don't ever fake orgasms. (laughs) If your doctor, if your care provider is not listening to you, fire them and find someone that will because 
is we have to fix the maternal mortality rates in our country right now. The only way that we're going to do that is by firing the bad doctors that are killing women. Yeah, that is so important. I feel like I have so many more questions that have to do with like endometriosis and painful sex and all of that. Like, what do I do? If you want to answer some of those, I'll just inject them in somewhere, but... You know, I need to learn so much more about endometriosis. That's unfortunately where I kind of have a a little bit of a, I don't know enough about it to speak well to it, unfortunately. If you're suffering from painful sex, go see your doctor and go see people until you get answers. That's the frustrating thing is that I just watch women over and over and over again get written off by their care providers. Oh yeah, pain's normal. Pain is not normal. Pain is not normal. Go find a care provider that will listen to you and work through it. Yeah. I love that. Okay, April, tell my listeners where they can find you, learn more about periods and everything else having to do with vaginas. I probably live the most on Instagram. We were just talking about this beforehand. That's kind of where I live. Obviously, you can find me over on thevaginablog.com as well. I'm, I'm the vagina blog on Instagram, Twitter at the vagina blog, and then anywhere podcasts can be found. I have the vagina blog podcast. Perfect. Thank you so so much. Thank you for having me. Seriously. Oh, April, can you see why I love this girl so much? She is so smart and so unabashedly herself and so good with words and analogies. Am I right? I absolutely love the analogy of the sun and the moon and the four seasons. I don't think there's anyone in the world that describes or educates on periods better than April. She has some incredible resources on her website, so I would invite you to check out all of those resources and really start following the natural cycle of your body and just see if you get more done and how that feels. If you notice any major differences, I would love for you to shoot me a message and just let me know if all that we talked about in this episode works for you. If you're looking for more great marriage and intimacy resources, please join my free Facebook group at On the Brighter Side of Marriage Facebook group. There are tons of resources in there every week, and we would love to welcome you into our supportive group of relationship hackers. Join us next week for my conversation with fellow relationship and intimacy coach Alexandra Stockwell on the subject of uncompromising intimacy. And until next week, have courage, be kind, and stay on the brighter side.